Carlton blows a 27-point lead to be completely overwhelmed by a rampaging Bulldogs on Mother's Day. I'm Chris, and I'm joined in the Blue Bagger basement by Andy. Andy, how are you feeling? Disappointed. Disappointed? Yep. That's not what you want to hear, is it? It's not a great one. Yeah. Angry? No? Not angry, just disappointed. Ooh, that, that one always stung from the parents, didn't it? Yep. Or from teachers or any sort of form of authority. <laughs> you don't want to hear that. No, you, and, you know, to be honest, that's pretty much exactly how I'm feeling as well. Yeah. No, it was a really disappointing uh, game, and yeah, well, there's not much more to say about it. On, on a game that was played on Mother's Day, mm-hmm. we wilted like flowers. We did. Was the it? perennial Mother's Day present, and that was our performance, really. We just a beautiful, we wilted. Beautiful analogy. Didn't throw us in the vase. There was no support, so no. Um, that's what happens to flowers when they're not supported or looked after. And uh, <laughs> thinking of Mother's Day and mothers and mothers from around the world in a popular saying about mm-hmm. if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything nice at all. Yep. It was very tempting to take that approach for the podcast uh, this week, but we probably not a great product no. for our listeners. Exactly right. We'll, let's, uh, we'll break down the game. Okay, well, we're going to, going to introduce a new segment called uh, Glass Half Full, Yep. Glass Half Empty. And we're going to give it a bit of a take, a different take from sort of the, I guess, a more moderate stance that we probably tend to to do so, bear in mind this is not our personal opinions whatsoever. But uh, you're going to take which what side are you taking, Andy? I'll take the glass half empty. Yep, that's how I'm feeling this week. Yep, you want glass half empty? Yep, okay. And I'll take our uh, glass half full, and we'll just give two different potential perspectives. Yep, and uh, I guess views of the game and also where our season is right now. Well, so, do you want to kick it off? No, no, kick Yorick, and you kick it off with the half full. All right, if we're looking half full, I guess we're, we're looking, we're sitting three and five now. Mm-hmm. We could very easily be four and four, mm-hmm. five and three, even. And we've played some very good teams. We've had what Port Adelaide, Brisbane Lions, Richmond, and the Bulldogs. Yep, all very good teams. We could acknowledge that, can't we? Yes, yeah, absolutely. So games that we wouldn't be expected to win ordinarily. Our scoring is up. Our forward line, for all its injuries, is functioning quite well at the moment. Um, we're doing all this with a big list of injuries or having had a big list of injuries and a lot of key players out for the season or a lot of players that have come in and been underdone. Yep. That's how I'm going to start it. What's your uh, sort of retort or comeback so to from that a, as a glass half empty. empty? Glass half empty. I think the football we produce on the weekend is just the same old football that we've been producing the last couple of years where we're not playing four quarters of football. Um my big concern is, and, and we've seen this again previous years, it's the same kind of thing. No one was there to stand up when the game was on the line. Um, and as, as a result, you know, we're up for, I think, 76 minutes of the game, but all we need is, you know, Bulldogs to be up for, I think they're up for 36 minutes of the game, and that's all they need to win. Massive um, issue I also think is, I just can't understand our centre clearances or lack thereof. I think that's a huge concern. And, you know, while we are kicking more goals, we're also conceding a lot of goals this year, and we conceded a lot on the weekend. I think we're just behind North Melbourne in terms of uh, conceding points. So, again, another... So I can understand what you're saying, but it's, to me, if I'm looking at it from a a glass half empty, it's the same old Carlton. Yep. I'd say flip side of that is we did play some really good football on the weekend. And as you mentioned, we were in front for a lot, so that can be viewed both ways, Mm -hmm. positive and a negative against what is a very good football team. And we showed some really good signs. But when you're 27 points up, with yep. deep into the third quarter, 
and you get beaten by 16 points, I think that's a glass half empty. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a good point. But, a good team, yeah, no doubt. 27, but... You are 27 points up and most teams aren't there. I guess I'll take the other, another positive side or glass half full size. We haven't been smashed this year. I don't think we've lost by more than 30 points and we've been in every single one yep. of our games and almost every other club has been beaten by more, if not all, in the AFL and have had uh, bad losses. We yet to have a blowout loss or a really bad performance. And you started off the glass half full by saying we're three and five. I'd say for glass half empty, we're three and five. Because while we have played good teams, we've had the opportunity to win some of these games and we should have also beaten, now in hindsight, a pretty poor Collingwood. So we're three and five. And that, this is from a team that we're expecting to, to be really making a, a huge run at finals this year, which doesn't look like it's going to be happening at this point. Yeah, good points there. And I guess it exposes sort of the different views you can, you can take mm. from there. Again, we probably sit somewhere right in the middle yeah, of both we of generally those. generally do. Uh, I'm not sure how you call that in the glass, um, when it's glass half full or glass half empty. But yep. yeah, fascinating. It's interesting. There's definitely different ways of looking where the season is, where our performances are. Uh, at the moment. And it's, I think that's pretty right. And it's not it? all doom and gloom no, it's as not. some you know, supporters would make out, as some of the media in particular yep. would make out, but certainly it's uh, it's not all roses at the moment. Yep. No, it's certainly not. So if we start looking at the game, um, you know, at the start, I thought to start the game was a strange game, particularly with some of the umpiring decisions. Yep. They, yeah, they had me boggled a few times. They were the rattled. Mm. They were actually rattled. Um, some of those decisions, the Silvani... Oh, the dangerous tackle, which is just a great tackle. The pit net free kick for yep. for being a ruck, essentially, and gifting them a goal there. Even the goal umpires were uh, caught up with it and yeah, they weren't. awarding goals. I don't think there was a fan at the ground that actually uh, cheered. Yeah, yeah. that was, it was a weird one because Bruce had that set shot and no one in the Bulldogs That's Yeah, nobody went up. cheered or thought it was a goal. Bruce the didn't look that happy it. about it. No. no. But the goal umpire apparently saw something and looked. You know, to a, to a credit, it was pretty tight. Yeah, it was, the fact yeah. that nobody got up and uh, she just immediately awarded it was uh, interesting. And they, uh, they he, he, geez, even when they got the decisions right, they held on to their whistle and did not blow it for so long. Just, yep. The amount of time they left for people being tackled and uh, being pinged, you could see the umpire coming in to blow it and they just refused to blow it. The yep. whistle was on the lips and they didn't do it. So, anywho, we don't want to be talking about umpires too much. But as we've mentioned, the first half was great. I think we yep. played... Five eighths of a great game. Yeah, five. I'd say that's fair. Five out of yeah, yep. five eighths. What's that? It's giving us three and a half quarters. Oh, two and a half quarters. Sorry, out of a full game. Yeah, and that's probably where it was. Uh, we really rude the the missed opportunities. Silvani, Fogarty, and even Casbolt, but the Silvani, Fogarty, Fogarty ones uh, in particular, running into you know twenty five meters out, running into a goal, both right footers yeah. on the right angle you've got to put those away bread and, butter. and that do you know that i know it was only that was only in the, the second second quarter but you that's 12 extra points you're putting on the scoreboard and it makes it really difficult for bulldogs and it takes the, a lot of momentum ball, out of their game and the ball it? went down the other end very quickly it did and yeah. bruce did kick a goal yeah so it's not just a, you know it's 12 missed points or 10 yeah. missed points because we kicked behinds but the fact that the ball went down the other end and they scored i did notice a lot of, of that it. on the weekend a lot of mistakes we made or misses which you know literally 30 40 seconds later they'd kicked a goal and you could and you could you could pinpoint exactly where that's occurred you know so you know you talk about it's what defenders do sometimes that 
cause a turnover for goal. But it can often be the forwards oh. because as between these games, and especially teams like the Bulldogs, they'll just run it end-to-end. They rebound so well. And get a goal, so that's on the forward for missing an easy goal. Absolutely, I'm red hot on that. As you know, we we talk about, but a uh, defender gives away a silly free kick in the back line, goals kicked. It's a, it's obvious. But for me, the forward, and especially like a small forward who should just be kicking those goals for mm. they do it for a living. Let's be honest. Yeah. If they miss that and the ball goes down the other end really quickly, mm. and there's a goal, it's the same thing. Exactly it's it's right. a goal on them for sure. Um, same issue as you mentioned in our glass half empty. No one who stood up. I'll ask you the question. Who stood I don't up think without? anyone really stood up. It wasn't a very, you know, I think there were some great individual performances by a couple of players that we'll mention a bit later. But when the game was on the line and, you know, it was in the last quarter and where I think it was Bruce put, us, put them up by two points, someone had to come in and make a statement for the club. I mean, it probably should have been done a bit early before we conceded that 27 points, but no one was there. And that, that's a real concern to me. Because, you know, we've got, the, we've got the dual captains. You know, I think Doherty had a good game. I don't think Cripps did. But, you know, one of these guys, someone has to, some, someone in the 22 has to stand up. Yeah, and, I mean, you're saying you're talking about players here. You're talking on-field. What about off-field? I mean, yeah. where, where does the responsibility lie? We had eight goals kicked against us in a row, I think. And some of those were very easy yeah. goals. And as I said, you know, we, we wilted. Where does the blame lie? And I'm sure it's going to be a mix I don't think both. I don't think there was a huge amount of changes made, was there? Not that not that I could see anyway. No, I couldn't see. And you'd think that you've got the opportunity. You can sense it. I mean, we all sensed what was happening and the momentum shift because we've seen it all before. Yeah, we've seen it before. We're sort of damaged by it. We know what's about to happen. Yep. Um, surely the coaches do. They're full time coaches, full time athletes. They uh, spend a lot of time preparing for scenarios like this, mm. and we just haven't cracked the code, have we? No, and, and there's we been did, a constant criticism. Did we throw a hasn't... player behind the ball? I don't know. Did we hold on? To, we barely got our hands on the ball, but did we play tempo footy? Did we play keepings off to rest yeah. that control up? It was an avalanche. It was, yeah. And you've got to be as a, as a coaching as a coaching staff, coaching panel. You've got to be quicker to respond to those kind of avalanches. And there has to be something in place. And it's tough because, I mean, we know David Teague talks about versatility all the time and how versatile our players are. Mm. We're yet to really see that. It's rhetoric at the moment. It's just a statement that gets thrown out there because we don't see those big changes occurring. So all these players that are meant to be dual position players and trained to play in different spots, it just doesn't happen. Another thing, just in terms of that fourth quarter, and we we both agreed on, on the night, for a game where... You know, between Mackay, Betts, and always oh, eleven goals are kicked. I just didn't know who was gonna who was gonna step up and kick a goal. I just felt like we just didn't have the options, which is quite a weird feeling. Considering we had been pretty potent. Yeah, one one's kicked five, one's kicked four. You know, always bobbed up and kicked a couple. So for a game where you know we are scoring well in the last quarter, I just could not picture anyone. You know, I, I really felt like we dried up in our in our goal scoring options. Absolutely. Yeah, I I agree with you. Like we were potent, we uh, had kicked a lot of goals, but at that stage, there was, the options seemed very thin because we looked um, rattled. And yeah, and we I've, were rattled. And part of that was probably just because we just didn't get the ball into the no. forward line much at all. Um, there, I think Silvani getting knocked out. There was a big momentum shift there, and I think that's when that big tide of their goals originated. Has he walked under a ladder? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think we said this in our last podcast about you know the, the potential for him to come back into the team and something yeah. else to happen and not see out a game like it's happened with him. But uh, he 
he provides a bit of grunt. Yeah, you know, a lot of grunt to be mm. honest, a lot of passion. And look, it's a it's a game with eighteen of your own players on the field at any one time. To think that one player is going to make that much of a difference, but uh, it is unusual that he gets injured and I think they kick their eight goals. It's not like he was ha- he wasn't having a blinder. Wasn't so having a blinder. No, it's not like from that point of view. But yeah, it, it it did seem to be a bit of a catalyst about when they did turn Bulldogs did turn the game around. And look, I have a question for you. We're talking about it. We've seen it before. We know we can easily get overrun and we can easily get scored against. Yep. What do you think Luke Beveridge's messaging was to his players at three-quarter time? There's still a couple of goals down at that stage. There, ha- there has to be... They're trailing. What, what do you reckon he said? Well, that, I don't know so much about what he said necessarily, but there has to be... It's pretty well known in the AFL that we're not a team that will hold a lead. And... Do you I, think that would have been part of his I messaging? I think it would have been a big part of the messaging saying that these guys, they they, they honestly they won't, stand up. they won't stand up. And we've seen it time and time before where teams have run us over and good teams. And I think Beveridge would have been saying we're good enough to, 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 to turn this 27 points around. And they were. And I think part of that would have been the fact that he would have had belief or confidence in his own playing group. But I think a bigger part of that was the opposition. Yep. And I don't think he was in any fear at three-quarter time. Once they'd kicked a couple of those steading goals to reduce it, I think he would have thought, yep, we, we, we've got these blokes and yeah. they will roll over if you pl- apply enough pressure well, and, and get them worried. Do you think Beveridge would... Would Beveridge, an... would Beveridge have the same message if they were playing someone like a Sydney or a Richmond? No, no. Or a team that really will refuse to give up a lead like that? Absolutely not. And that's that's a worry. You know, that it would, be, would have been some simple messaging and the whole group would have had complete belief and it played out exactly how that was. So it's, um, yeah, it's interesting because for us, that writing was on the wall. Yeah, was, yeah. We, both, we both went confident. Let's be honest, you know, we went from 27 points up to... Uh, what was it twelve points and a couple of goals thereabouts? Yep. Anyway, but uh, we were not, we were hopeful, but not confident in any way. And we, yeah, sort of, we we knew what was potentially going to unfold, yep. no. and it did. So I guess you know we're looking at this season. This is a question is a bit off topic, but what do you think is more important at this stage? We're three and five. Yep. So we're going to be sort of really struggling to make finals it's still yeah, it can be possible. done but we're not going to make the finals in any real sort of form where the the top echelon of that top eight what's more important progressing to the finals and clinching a finals position to show improvement for belief purposes or knowing about our list better knowing who uh who's going to be the future who are those we're keeping and giving all these players can't, can't it be both a crack can it though yeah i mean I think we can still, if we like? if we made say we made finals say we made finals and, and <clears throat> went out first and you know made finished eighth, we'd still get a fair idea about what that list well, is. I'll ask you at the end of the year, going. would you rather be make the eight, knocked out round one, and yep. still have a lot of question marks on players because we stuck with the same team? No, I prefer, I, prefer the, I prefer that. I prefer that. Would you rather not make it? But we know exactly. We've given everyone an opportunity yep. to play, put their hand up. We know where they sit, where they lie, and therefore I'd what prefer, we need to do. Yeah, I would prefer the latter because I think that we've, the last couple of years, there have been these players that we continuously talk about where there's a question mark over them. And I'd love at the end of this year that we know if some of these players are staying or they're going. And, you know, as a result of that, we'll be able to target the players because we know which ones are going It is out. a bit of my fear, though, that we chase the eight really hard and possibly don't make it. 
especially when the pressure's on, there's a very good chance. But we do that with playing players that we know without giving opportunities to those we don't. And we potentially lose players who haven't been given. I think we've said all year, though, we really want... That's why we're, we really want some of these players from the VFL coming into the AFL. So, so there's no... At the end of the year, say we have to get rid of some of these players, it's not, you know, let's hope this player doesn't. We, we know exactly what we've got with them. There's the no problem questions. is we do have talent on this list. Yeah, there's it hasn't a lot of come talent. to fruition. Which is... Which is and we might not a, ever know a, a would you prefer anyway. the, the talent, a talented list that at times, you know, decide whether or not they're going to show heart or a less talented list with a, a team full of players that are going to give it their all. And, you know, it's all good having talent, but you don't teach, you can't teach heart, no. can you? I mean, that's, and we said that after the game. You can't. No but... one had the heart to stand up and, and stop that run. No. Heart, confidence, there's probably you know quite a few things that uh, yeah. determine that. But I'm just fearful that we're going to have talented players. These are talented players. They might not have demonstrated it on our list that we get rid of. And I think there's going to be a big there's going to be a big turnover mm. of assistant coaches. I think there just has, there to, has be. to be. There has to be. So if that's the case, there's an acknowledgement there of a development issue. Yep. So these players might not have come on due to development, yet we might have flicked them off our list. Yeah. And then we're blaming coaches, but we're getting rid of players that have that. So, so then that, the answer is it is more important to, to have more of an idea about the list at the end of the year. Anyway, a fairly random question to throw in there, but if we get back to the game, do you want to give us some uh, stats, yeah. stat man? I'll give you some stats. So um, I'll just, just read out some of the key. There's a, there's a really damaging... Yeah, and I'll, I'll start with that one. Um, so... Centre clearances. So, Centre clearances, but, I'll, but I'll, I'll start it with, by saying we had 42 hit-outs to their 23. So dominated the Dominated hit-outs. the hit-outs. Pitnet dominated the hit-outs in stats terms. Yep. Um, they, so he got his hand to the ball yep. first. They had 23 centre clearances to our seven. That's, in, that's off the charts, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes absolutely no sense, but that is a shellacking. What's that? We're going at, what, well, we worked it out with our very basic... Maths is about 22%, something, something like, like that, that. of centre clearances that we want. That is a ridiculous... It's a 50-50 scenario. Yeah. Um, you can't get more pure football than that, or is even an opportunity anywhere else on the ground. It's balled up or you know, b- bounced or thrown up yep. in the middle of the ground in between both Same amount goals, of players. Same amount of players in the centre square. It's pure football, and to be smashed like that, it's such a 50-50 opportunity. Yeah. Is, so those two stats say to me that Pitnet's getting his hands to it, um, but his hit-outs aren't effective. Or is it that the, 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 the midfielders aren't getting their hands to the ball? There's, you know, there's got to be a dis- Seven centre clearances for the game, isn't and it? And you've got to think about that. Pitnet kicked the ball off the ground for at least some, or himself got at least half of those. He well, must have had well, three Pit, or four. Pitnet, least... had, Pitnet had seven clearances for the game, so you'd have to assume three or four Something of those are the centre clearances. So that's saying three or four for the rest of the midfield. Pitnet had more clearances than any midfielder we had. Playing. Yeah, there's there's obviously something up yep. with that. And if we're talking about coaching, that's somewhere where you've got to be able to point the finger. We have full-time assistant coaches there. We know the soft cap has dropped a little bit COVID-related, but we still have yeah. pretty much a full echelon of coaches. One of those coaches is responsible for stoppages. There's a, responsible a for job. the midfield and stoppages. Yeah. To think someone's getting paid for that output yeah. is insane. And you talk about, we know Crips is down, we'll get to that, but you're talking about one of the best clearance players in the competition, mm. even if injured 
at the moment. There's you throw in Kerno, there's a few Walsh. Yeah. It's it's damning. It's really damning. It and what are we working on during the week? What are we working on the off season to get spanked well, that they, badly? They and be, even during the game, you can see that coming. Like, yeah, there needs to be massive a massive overhaul. And we are getting first to hands to it. Yeah, we're not always reactive because, in theory, we're the ones being yeah. productive. Uh, it's it's no good. And I think what well, they had fifteen cent clearances at one stage. Is that what the stat was? Yeah, um, that was. I think it was yeah. centre clearance, not just clearances, yeah. but fifteen centre clearances, something like that, in a row. Of course, you're going to lose a game. And, and clearances is a, another one of those stats where it doesn't need to necessarily be effective. And when you and you know, if you got the big fella kicking it off the ground three or four times out of the centre clearance, that's not going directly to a Carlton you know, player. Think, think about it. we're talking about getting steamrolled and having eight goals kicked against yep. us and not being able to do anything about it. Goal gets kicked. Where does the ball go? Right back to, to the center. middle. So if you're losing that every time the ball's going to be in your back line. Yeah. And you give them every opportunity. You win a couple of those, even if you fluke a couple of goals, you've got possession of the ball, you've got territory, and you kick a couple of goals, and that's where you stop that run. Exactly. But when you're getting 15 in a row, you're not going to be able... No defence is going to be able to stem that tide. Last start was just the inside 50s, which is you know correlates with the uh, our lack of centre clearances and that. They had 60 inside 50s to our 44. So it always makes it tough when you've got 16 less opportunities. And like we said, they were getting it out of the middle. And, and How many times did they get it out of the middle more than us? Yeah. Well, um, About that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 16, exactly so, right. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And it's something we've got to work on. But the interesting thing is, I'll bring it up now. We were going to talk about it a bit later when we play Melbourne. Is uh, I thought that was crazy, but I looked at Melbourne just to do a comparison. And, uh, they actually lost centre clearances 17 to 4. So pretty much the same mm. ratio with Max Gorn in there a fair bit of the time, but they won the game. So on the flip side, it's, uh, it's unusual. It? So we've concentrated on the match review in yep. general. Let's look at individual players. I'll start you off by your pet peeve, Samo, as a medical sub. Yeah, so he... Again. Well, I mean, the, last, last week he came, he came on in the first quarter and pretty much played a full game. Um, anyway, so this week comes on again, but this time it's a bit different. He only played, I think, 18 minutes for the game. Didn't do a hell of a lot in that time, but I think, uh, again, you, how do you put him into the team when he only had three disposals? I think it's probably best, considering the lack of game time he had this week, or last round, that he probably will play in the twos. It's it's fascinating again, though. We, we talked about, yeah, he got most of the game last week, but again, he was deemed the 23rd best player on the list, and they were prepared for him to go without a game yeah you'd be, you'd be stupid to play him as a medical sub this week when he only played 18 minutes surely not week. but it's missing too much football. you know what we've done stranger things uh, yeah. this year and last year so it, it is odd he comes on gets he played only plays in 19 minutes you think somebody with fresh legs is going to play pretty much all 100 percent of game time you yeah. know he might come off for one break and rest but that's not a lot compared to what he could have played yeah minutes available there which is strange in you'd itself think you'd be with right, fresh legs you'd think you'd be right wouldn't you um but either way 19 minutes three disposals um he took that mark on the wing when we could have sort of attacked a bit held it up held it up slowed it down kicked it to a 50 50 and i think it was a turnover and it was you know almost a classic samo when he's uh when he's not on and what sort of a lot of carlton fans bemoan about his game yep Let's talk about um, Zach Williams, because I know a lot of supporters are... Uh, are we talking about him for this game in isolation? We'll we talk talking... about him for this game in isolation. He was terrible. He was 
He was terrible. He was not good. He, what, he had yeah, nine, nine touches, touches at the end, no real influence whatsoever. And you know what? His conditioning does not look great. It does not look up to to standard for somebody who wants to run through the yeah. midfield arm. We'll call it out. He looked a bit heavy. See, I didn't... I've, I've read a lot of that, and I didn't kind of notice it, but he, I mean, he doesn't look... He just didn't look great. But I think as a season as a whole, I think there's been a couple of games where he's been all right. Yep. Um, you know, is he and is he worth that contract at the moment? Definitely not. No, but I, th- I still think I'm, I'm big on Williams, and I think he'll be able to hopefully turn, he'll hopefully turn around. He can't be putting in games like that, but it is a worry. I worry about conditioning, though. If you've come down, we've had this before. Mitch McGovern, yep. had a couple of other high profile players that have come on very big money that don't necessarily look AFL fit, particularly not midfielder fit. Yeah. We're talking about a bloke who's come down. And chosen Carlton, a big part of that was some guarantee of midfield minutes mm-hmm. that he wanted. You um, you've got to be pretty fit to run through the midfield. You've got to make more of a conscious effort. You're going to put more K's in the boots than you are from the halfback line. And he just didn't. His body's not demonstrating that he really wants to play a full game in the midfield at the moment. And granted, he's he's down. had a very interrupted year. He's had an interrupted year, yeah. absolutely, which doesn't help. But the injuries still, I just didn't look. Didn't look right, and we'll, we'll give him excuses. He's still at a new team, trying to figure out. He's trying to figure out what his uh, teammates. I think this week's going to be big, isn't it? And also how to play midfield. But uh, we do have question marks there, and well, of course we do. Yeah, yeah. But this is this is a really big week for him, obviously, because he hasn't. You know, it's only very early in the year, and he's hasn't done much to to show the Carlton faithful that he's worth that huge contract, particularly when there's obviously uncontracted players yep. coming up. But he's he's been just... He's in one week, he's out the next. So hopefully he gets a bit of form, a bit of consistency. He needs a run at it. He needs a run at but, it. But uh, yeah. if the body's not quite Makes there hard, for an yeah. $800,000 player who wants to play in the midfield and try yep. to impress teammates, then, you know, that's that's on him. Yep. If that is the case. Um, But, yeah, he, he didn't look right in terms of body shape so let's go to Paddy Cripps someone else is yeah. not looking right for uh, for other reasons now I had the 15 touches uh, kicked a goal when it didn't matter anymore really um, it would have been he, nice if we kicked a goal he has the to games be on the injured, line. yes there's something I don't has care to be what wrong. the club yeah. says yeah. Nah, he's not right he's, he's not right from what he's produced for how long he's produced it mm. um, what he's putting up now is nowhere near that, no. and that's not psychological. Bad way not... free kicks. He just looked. He, he looks out of as source, said, he looks a bit weak over the ball, which mm. is just the sounds crazy to you know be talking that way about Paddy Cripps. So do you think that's an injury? I, I think it has to be. He's has bending to be down. Sort of... He can't bend down. He looks. Mm. He's playing like an old man. But the strength side of the game in the clinches, we know as I said before, his kicking's never been brilliant. Yep. So making some bad decisions, um, not executing properly. Yeah, it's sort of part and parcel, but uh, losing what are his biggest strengths, which is what it looks like at the moment. Yeah, he's not quick. We know that never will be, no. but he's been quick enough to play. But he's slower this year and he looks weaker. It has to be an injury. When you're talking about your eight games into the year, if he's not, but if he he's not, but no, but if he's not, too, no, though. but that's what I'm saying. If he's not right at round, don't, you know, you can sometimes forgive a player who's not quite a hundred percent healthy when you've got a big finals game or something like that. Don't, don't not play him. Start of the year. Yeah. Don't play him. Get him right because he's, there's something wrong. And I think, I think you're right. I think there's something, some sort of niggle or, or some sort of injury that the clubs for some reason, I mean, I can understand why they don't want to come out and, you know, he's a bit of a, 
the great hope, Patrick Cripps. So I don't think they want to probably at the start of the year to, to be yeah. sidelining him. I'm sure if it was really serious, they would be. But um, yeah, there's something wrong. And if he's not right, don't play him. And it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time at the moment for him. His contract is up. Yeah, he's he's not doing himself any favors for his contract. No, no. From the start of the year, and you know, I think Carlton with the signature early, um, he's held off. I don't think the dollars are heading north on that contract at no. the moment. Surely they're only heading south. But you know, I mean, I'm, Carlton know obviously a lot more than what we do, and if they might be aware that there is some sort of niggle or or some sort of injury, so you never know. It's interesting, though, and we're looking that way. We're talking about Paddy Cripps, and Paddy Cripps, I think, two years ago, was better than Bond and Pally yep. in the season. Yeah, it's a huge conversation. Uh, and the two of them have been very versus, close to yeah. that, both guns. It was just it was hard to watch Bond and Pally, best on ground. Yeah. Just everything he touched pretty much turned to gold. He had a fantastic game, and just to see you know, the, the two figures that have been so competitive, um, same draft, same body so type. close, yep. leading through that tall... Big-bodied, powerful uh, midfielder, and the two looked worlds apart on the weekend. Yeah, they did. And you know, let's not get involved in Cripps versus Bont, but I think we all know who's coming out of it. And Kane, Kane Corns came out obviously over the weekend, and he's always got a bit of an anti-Carlton rhetoric. But um, yeah, they were com- two completely different players, and not not exactly what we're talking about. A no, and it's very clearly highlighted when they go head to head. Yeah. there as well, and there is such a discrepancy between their, their outputs and their performance. But let's move it on to a more positive. Yep. Nope, Eddie Betts. Yeah, it was great. Five, five goals. goals. Yeah. And he had four goals in the first 25 minutes of proper play. I think five minutes into the second. He looked great. That first goal was classic Eddie Betts. Yep. Goal of the week. Has been nominated, or so. you're saying, yeah. Yeah, it was. So. Well, I'm nominating it. <laughs> oh, good. It was classy. He, uh, he got the foot up pretty high. The old hamstrings are, are yeah. going okay. The calves might not be brilliant, but the hammies must be doing well. I think um, it was just we, a great polished performance. And we said that about Betts. He just needed to to just get a couple of those goals instead of points, and yep. it changes everything. And he was great last week. He's better so this if week. If you look at it that way, he's been very involved probably the last four or five. Very weeks, much so. Yeah, uh, I mean, and had opportunities. To convert, missed a couple of weeks. Uh, Realistically, those. the last month we could say that he's kicked three or four goals a yeah, game because he, he had that terrible couple of weeks where he's what zero and four or one and four and. Great to see him, but and that yeah that goal from the from the boundary where the, the Carlton faithful all got up stood yeah. up behind him and uh, yeah it was, they were great scenes and then that's why it's so disappointing to to drop it from there. Uh, moving um, moving on, Jacob Weedering, tremendous, wasn't he? Unbelievable. Seven contested marks, 13 marks for the game. It just killed Norton at times, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, uh, he's just a wall down there. He's unbelievable. You're right. And, uh, you might have mucked one or two kicks up, but yeah. by and large, most of his disposals are good. He's he's just a, he's a tank, isn't he, down? He's big, he's strong, he's athletic, he's smart. I sort of criticised him during the after the game and said some of his kicks are bad. But And you made the, a really good point, which I do agree with, is... You know, when we're under when we're under fire, he doesn't have too many options sometimes then to bomb it forward and as a result it's a quick turnover sometimes, you know, that hat kick thirty metres out. But he it's was generally he was great. He's picking it off the bottom of a pack. Exactly. Too, and yeah. Standing up, yep. you know, withstanding the tackle and a kick because we are under a shitload of pressure. Yeah. But uh, I mean what do you say? He he was clearly our best. We don't we're not giving anything away by saying uh, no. he's gonna get the three votes from us. But just a uh, yeah, magical performance from him. And we'd be in a lot of trouble if he wasn't playing yeah. 
there. Uh, which leads us to another sort of tall player on the list. Yep. Levi Casbolt. Yeah. What are you... No. What are you... No. He's, he has been... Hasn't had a good year. You're taking the mother's day advice or the mother's advice. Oh, he's got nothing nice yeah. to say. Don't no, say anything he's, at all. he's been poor all year. I thought he came into the game a little bit better. He, took some nice marks. He did build into it. That was... Yeah. Yeah, one redeeming sort of... I don't know. I don't think he plays assessment. this week. He looks disinterested out there. And we don't want to go too hard or get too deeply involved, but it just doesn't look that... He's, know, he's, he's long. He's obviously very long confidence. But yeah. even just like the chasing or the, you know, the stepping to get a body in yeah. the way and to block, it sort of, it comes, he drops it and he sort of stands there and lets it go. So that's, yeah, he's down on confidence, let's, let's yeah. be honest, and he's probably not contributing... No, I think, he might, I think he might he probably... He might be in trouble, yeah. Think Do you think they'll pull the pin? Well, I think they will, yeah. We haven't really had too many options no, to date, he, but Tom DeConing coming back... Yeah, Caswell's very important structurally, like we said, and if it was just based on form alone, he would have been dropped a couple of weeks ago, but he's... There still does come a time, though, regardless, huh? Absolutely. So we'll move on to... Uh, Votes. Yeah, do you want oh, to... Clip or clap? Clip or clap. Yeah, Let's yeah. do that first, and I'll... Um, Oh, yeah. do you want to... How about you do it this week? I'm the one that's okay. usually uh, yeah, yeah. assessing. I'm happy for you for you to take over. Yep. On that front, if you're okay with that, I'm more than okay. That's fine. So let's go from the top in no particular order. Mark Pitnett. That's a, that's probably the toughest. You really? Mm. Interesting. I'll give him a clap. <laughs> that was, he that um, was a lukewarm I st- I, yeah I'm not you, I thought he, he he was dominant in the ruck and I just can't work out if he, he the was clearances against the third string that's true ruckman. I mean he Stephen Martin got a, knocked out he was up against a kid I, this, is, this is your clip or clap I don't mean to influence no him. no I just think that he I, I think you as stat man you're being a bit swayed by the 17 no, no. disposals no, no, it's not. It's not about that. It's more the fact that I'm not sure who to blame for the centre clearances at this point because he was getting his hand to it. But our mid, I don't think our mids were giving him much of a thing. So I mean, yeah, it is hard to cl- clap someone when they're when our clearances are so down in the centre clearances. But I'll give him a small little clap. Okay, Levi Casbolt, clip. Harry Mackay, clap. Jack Silvani, clip. <laughs> Be careful on this one. Well, we should, we should say we have players that go off injured. We yeah, uh, no, you can't. We don't. We don't do it. No, uh, didn't. Samo Petrovsky Seaton. Clip. Similar thing. Similar. I mean, he is. I can't clip him, actually. Yep. yep. Zach Williams. Clip. Lockie Fogarty. Clip. Paddy Cripps. Clip. Liam Stocker. Clip. Liam Jones. Clip. Sam Doherty. Clap. Sam Walsh. Clap. Eddie Betts. Clap. Lockie Plowman. Clip. Jacob Weedering. Clap. Luke Parks. Clip. David Cunningham. Clip. Jack Noons. Clip. Ed Kerno. Clap. Michael Gibbons. Clip. Adam Sard. Clip. Matty Owies. Clap. Matty Cottrell. Clap. All right. Fair mix there. Mm. I, think... I don't think there were too many good players for us. No, there, there weren't. There, Pitnett there really was weren't. the hardest one that you asked me, though. Yeah. Because I would have said... Um, after the game, I was said clip, and then I thought clap, and then I thought clip, and I'm just... Cunningham wasn't a tricky one for you? No. He was super clean. Yeah. He's super clean. Just needs to do more. He does need to do more, but yeah. he did have an influence. Mm. But no, he, he's probably a bit... He's probably a bit... You're right. He, he doesn't make too many mistakes, but, you know, he needs to do more. All right. 
Well done. Clipper clap. I think he's very fair. We move on to the votes now. Yep. I mean, we've very clearly said Jacob Wiedering, Wiedering. is getting the three. Yeah. Uh, but what are you thinking for the two and ones then? Doherty, maybe. It's tricky. Betts, 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 Betts has Turno. to be there. I'd say Betts two and Doherty, Mackay. Doherty one. No. Okay, so Wiedering three. Yep. Betts two. Yep. Doherty one. Yep. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think one, the three are very easy, and then probably yeah. the next two could have been split over four, and then there was probably daylight after that. So if we have a look at the reserves game, neither one of us got to actually see the game live. It was Mother's Day after all. Um, so we're, we've done some reading, mm-hmm. um, and we lost to the Bulldogs, who were a very good reserves team, by points. a couple of goals. Uh, yep. I think we had some inaccurate kicking to start the game. Every time I sort of looked, it was... Uh, you know, two goals, eight, two goals, ten, stuff like that. So inaccurate kicking to start with. Got back to level with them, and they kicked away the last couple yep. of goals. You look through the stats, and it's the players that you want to be racking up the disposals who did. Your Setterfields, your Dows, your Kennedys, that way. But interesting to note that none of those players are actually listed in the best. Who was in the best? So, listed in the best, according to the you know the Carlton Football Club, were yep. Durden, which is great That's to really see, good, yeah. because he had been fairly quiet, but I think he had eight tackles and maybe a dozen disposals and had some real impact in the forward line. Honey kicked a couple and was listed as best. Tommy Williamson. That's good. Nick Newman. Excellent. And, wait for it, TDK. And that's even better. Yeah, that's the news. You know, so no, no mention of Setterfield, Dow, or O'Brien. No, which is um, or Kennedy. And or I think Kennedy. Kennedy kicked a goal and had twenty-seven. Jeez. So it's unusual, and you know maybe there's something up with it's telling us. But you'd automatically assume that at least one or two of those players are leading the disposals and the AFL quality players are on AFL, on the actual AFL list would get a mention. Alas, they didn't, and that's fine. I'm guessing their impact was. Uh, you know, less yeah. than the others. But it's good to see Tommy Williamson, as we said, because yeah, I think he good. was one that had close to been, 24, 23. And he was down last week from memory. Yeah, so. he's been down a little bit for, for the games, the recent games. So that's great to see. So we've got Melbourne at the MCG on Sunday, 3.20, another 3.20 game. That's the third in a row, isn't it? So talking of, we've, we obviously had the injury... Um, Oh, sorry. We'll talk about Melbourne because they're undefeated. <laughs> that's a fair, fair point. <laughs> Something to, to raise. Would you uh, prefer to play Melbourne undefeated or... Had they lost on the weekend? Oh, it's a, that's a very good question. Ordinarily, you'd probably say a team has gone eight and zip or seven and zip that you'd probably rather them go, you know, eight zip rather than have that shock loss yeah. and be sort of that rebound game. The club like Melbourne, I don't know which one's better. Whether you look at it and go, maybe they're getting ahead of themselves and they're going to look at Carlton and think this is a easier than what it otherwise might be, which gives us, you know, an opportunity or an in, or whether if they had lost. That might have been enough to dent their confidence a little bit. And if we came out and played the first half like we did against the Bulldogs, yeah. then we could have really rattled them because they're still immature when it comes to success You're and exactly winning. right. Because say a Richmond in the same position, a loss, they come out firing. Yeah, Whereas Melbourne, you're right. I, I, I still, they're, they're too inexperienced at being a good team. They haven't proven that they're not fragile. No, but look, if I was a Melbourne supporter... Look, I'm not saying by any means that Carlton would be favourite, but I'd be... We, we've matched up well with against them in the past. I, think, I reckon they match up pretty well against us. I we've, think. we've given them... I reckon they've blown... We should have probably had a look, but I reckon they've uh, they've beaten us in quite well. They, I reckon they match we, up we pretty well We also have played... 
um, I'm probably going back a few years I now. I think you're going back too many years, yeah. But I always feel that we're... Um, we had a good win against the captain. Yeah. Enjoyed that one. We had the, the narrow loss where we probably should have overrun them, but we're talking yeah. how many years ago now? Yeah. Is that? I still think that Carlton's... If we play our best footy... They're looking slick. They are looking They've got a good. great midfield. Yep. They're, um, they're running hard. They're using it much better than they probably have. And they've got... And you look at the Reasonable forward line. As well. And you look at the forward line now. They've got Ben Brown comes in to compliment Tom McDonald. They've got Wiedemann in the twos yep. kicking bags. Mm. And then their back line, May and Lever, pretty good pillars. Yeah. You throw in They're only really missing the most Viney, aren't they? Ruckman. Is that about Viney? Viney, yeah. I, I, I don't think they've got a whole lot of injuries. No, they've done I mean, right. sound to be corrected, but not yeah. too many of the big names uh, that the league's aware about. So, so It'll be a very, very good game. It's a big, big game. challenge. And so, at the MCG... So, Silvani got knocked out um, on the weekend. Or Obviously, going to... Yeah, but he's not going to play. He's got 12 protocol, days. So, yep. he's, he's out. Um, well, let's look at who else then. Well, so, so only, only one injury at this point that we know of on a... <laughs> yeah. It'll get sprung on us uh, yeah, Thursday night or Friday. That There'll yep. be another two. But at this stage, it does look like that. So, I guess we look at one out automatically. Yep. And then we look at who's on the chopping block. Well, I'd say that they'll Who, probably... Who's in danger? If Murphy's right, they'll probably bring Murphy in for Silvani. Let's look at who's on the chopping block with oh, the team that block? actually played. Gibbons? Yep. Casbolt is yep. in trouble. Um, I mean, SPS, we can't really... He wasn't actually in the, in no. the team, but I, I we don't, don't think he's going he to. Won't be pl- I don't think he'll be playing in the ones this week. Noons? So, Noons is a... He's got to be... A, He's got to be there under consideration. Yeah, well, he has to be. I think um, I think Gibbons might be in trouble, which is a, you know, I'm a big fan of Gibbons, but he just hasn't been playing that well this year. I thought well he started year. the year reasonably well, but he's definitely the last three or four rounds he's mm. been quite, and he has been given opportunity and chances, and just hasn't really bounced back. So, yeah. you know, like everything, you look at who's outside of that current 22 that might come in and replace someone and do a better job than them. It's basically what it comes down to. You've got a few other factors: team cohesion on top of that, but in well, its essence, that's yeah. what it is. Is the player outside of the 22 going to produce more in this coming week than the player inside? And, and can you bring Murphy straight back in? I he hasn't think, played a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, two weeks with a, with a neck injury, provided he's, uh, he's right to go. His conditioning should so then be pretty good. Structurally and, and on all that, I think the most obvious would be Murphy in for Silvani, and I wouldn't be disappointed to see TDK come in for Casbolt. I think TDK has to come in. Yep. And whether it's for Casbolt or Pittnet. Um, I think, again, um, structurally, they might actually work against Casbolt this time, where normally it helps him. Yep. But I think I, as long as TDK is at no risk of injury, yep. we know well, his they wouldn't be playing him in the twos. You'd hope not, but they can, can manage it a bit better that way. Yep. Um, but if he's okay to go, we've got to be understanding that his output is going to be lower than what it would have been if he'd played the last six games. So yes. we need to understand that. We don't look at TDK's best, which we often do when someone hasn't played. We uh, reminisce about and we focus on their best performances. He won't, I'm sure he won't be able to bring that with the limited preseason yeah. he's had and the lack of games so far this year. But if he, I think he brings more than what Casbolt is delivering, even in that reduced capacity. Oh, I agree with that. So if he's not at any threat of being injured any worse, then I think he ha- he has to come in now. He's had two games in the VFL and he's looking for a position where we're very much struggling at the moment. So I think he does come in for Casbolt. The player that we've we've mentioned who's had two good weeks in the VFL who's come back from injuries, Nick Newman. You'd almost say he'd be right to come back in, would you? But then who are you taking out? 
Yeah, well, he's he's been named in the best as we've seen, yeah. and he's gathered, you know, his mid twenty disposals. Uh, so he's playing well and getting plenty of it. Uh, if he was two underdone, I doubt he'd be getting the possessions or yeah. having the impact there. I don't think there's any immediate rush there because if you're looking that way, then you're looking at potentially dropping a Parks. Um, I think or Park. a Stocker. Yeah, and I wouldn't be dropping. That's not Stocker. something we want to do at this stage. Not we've Stocker, we've talked no. about giving some continuity. And giving them a go, giving them a game. I don't think he comes in just yet, but he's definitely got the talent to, and probably is ahead of the other two. So well, it think, will be interesting. I think you, yeah. I think Newman gets a game. So who comes out for him? I then? think Parks. Yeah. If it's between Parks and Stocker, I'd be taking Parks out. Interesting, interesting. Um, but I'm just, I, I I'm think big I'm, on, I'm big on playing Stocker for the rest of the year. Yeah, look, I am too, and you could have the same argument with Park, so yeah, know, as course. well. So it, it becomes a bit tricky, and again, there's something to 22 Stockers, um, with spots. And what are we yeah. looking at development, knowing what players can produce? As the earlier question, which we don't know we at this stage, or looking to put your best 22. We'll put it this way: Are you confident that Stalker is a better halfback flanker than Nick Newman at the moment, coming back after no, two games not. in the two? No, I, I don't. Parks or Stalker aren't better than so, Nick Newman. So you want to bring the better player? the player's going to get us better output yep. rather than sort of playing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a fascinating philosophical mm. discussion we could uh, harp on for, for a long time. I think Murphy will come back. Yep. And, you know, a lot of very down on Murphy for this year and his whole career, to be honest, is a bit of anti-Murphy yeah. uh, hate going around. But uh, his last game, he had 19 touches. It was against Gold Coast, wasn't kicked it? 19 and kicked two goals, yeah. which is exactly what you want for a half-forward flank. And I think he's going to produce more in that role than Mick Gibbons is at the moment. So yep. for me, I see a direct swap between the two. I see TDK. So, and you're just done the, the exact same because thing. Bringing, uh, no, but yeah. playing a player that is a, is better. Yeah, oh, we, we've still got yeah. to try to win. We've still got to work that way. And I don't think... Gibbons, we've got a fair idea what he can produce. Yeah. We're not talking here. I'm not comparing him to the same. And he'll, he'll be, if he as, gets dropped this week, he'll be back in it during the year. It's not... It's not done for, for Gibbons. Yeah. I think he's been a really good. And, and Gibbons has never picked up as necessarily the best twenty-two no. player. He's had that opportunity because of injuries and because he's played well and been picked there. But in the best twenty-two, Gibbons probably doesn't make it. No. If we've got an injury-free or close enough to injury-free, yep. he's probably a very good depth player to step up and to play your ten games, twelve games a year, and not miss too much. So I'm not sure about that. I, I still think he has a role in the top twenty-two. Mm. Interesting, <laughs> but yeah, you can, you can debate that. But uh, yep. either way, what well, do you think? What well, do you think? Uh, Murphy stays out then, even though they've declared he's uh, free from injury, and you keep Gibbons in ahead. No, of but him. I. It, but Gibbons hasn't earned his spot. Form. He hasn't earned his spot. Yeah, absolutely. You can't. Yep. You can't have. You can't have a, you know consecutive bad games when you're not. You know. You know he's in the. I think he's in the best twenty-two at this stage, but not by much. So we've, we've talked about Silvani. Then oh, I think Casbolt will go for TDK. I don't think you can bring take Silvani out and replace with TDK and have Casbolt, TDK and Harry Mackay in the same yep. forward line, uh, even with rotations through Ruck and Bench, not against a slick Melbourne team like that. So do we consider um, Matt Ken- uh, Kennedy Matt Kennedy for, for the Jay Silvani spot? And we've talked about that before, that they're them being similar yeah. types. Can kick goals, Kennedy. Players. Yeah, plays that sort of half-forward. Sort of medium-sized and can convert, which yep. we harp on about a lot. Yep. So potentially he comes in, and I mean it would have been good to see him listed in the best, but he had twenty-seven and a goal. It's unless he was kicking the ball backwards, or he really does 
do that a lot to us, though, doesn't he? He always pops up from the best in the seconds, and then we put him in the first, and he doesn't do a lot. So, so you reckon if he's not listed in the best in the seconds, then he's going to have a better output in the in the? Series? No, I, I just think that there's he's a very good. I mean, we we argue is he he's we think he might be too good to be playing twos, but he he's just not grabbing his opportunities in the yeah. ones. So all the other ones that are in the wings, as we say, um, uh, Paddy Dow, Will Setterfield. Uh, we've got Williamson, who was listed in the best and had a fair bit of it. Lockie O'Brien, who looked down. Josh Honey, Sam Ramsey. No, none of them come in. No? no. So we're looking at pretty much three changes. Is that yeah, what we're, we're thinking? I'd be happy with that. And I, it's probably fair. I mean, we were very good mm. for most of the game. Yeah. So you don't so want, you don't want wholesale changes. No. You don't want to do that. Um, and you're not going to suddenly arrest that with a week by yep. player selection you know, whether it's three to five players, um, you're not going to... So it's a bigger, deeper issue that way, so... And looking at Williamson, just as an example, he hasn't... You know, he played well by all the sounds this week. He wasn't great the week before. There are a few of those players like Setterfield and, and Williamson that I would love to just see get... Keep working hard. Keep, keep working playing hard. well. Yeah. And that's exactly what should happen. And yep. that's what happens at good football clubs. Reward. Exactly. Those players that are depth... They're not bad players. They're good players, but they work their butts off yep. for the opportunity when it presents. Exactly and right. they've got form behind them. Therefore, they can sort of slip into the team quite easily. Yep. So you need to put that bulk. Don't reward players for one or two good weeks. If they've been dropped for a reason, let them build on that. It's not a bad problem to have. Yeah, exactly right. Players, depth players playing well in the twos. All right, and it's going to be a big game against yeah. Melbourne. Uh, one way or the other, We uh, what do we do? We go... Three and six. Three and six or four and five. And that's, yeah, they're worlds apart, aren't they? They are. So um, let's be honest. It's, um, it's, it, this is probably a very tough. Very, what are your very confidence tough, levels yeah. like? Um, I guess compare this to having come up against other good teams that we have. Oh, Lions, look, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that on our bet, like you said, we haven't been blown out of the water by a team as yet. Uh, but we're not playing footy anywhere near. It's the lack of fork Melbourne. It exactly. just gives us no confidence. Yeah, yeah we, exactly. we, I'm sure we'll see some blistering football from mm. us, but it's the other part that exactly. just have no confidence. And hopefully, hopefully, if uh, the games in the, uh, you know, someone will step up in the balance that in we actually balance, will see some, yeah, some some leadership and some these players back to uh, away. It, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, being a being a club with some resolve. That's it. So anyway, let's. Go Blues. Go Blues. Let's not get down. We definitely want no, to win. No, and as we said, uh, no, we're we're in there difference. with a Four chance. and five. All right, thanks for joining me, Andy. It is a bit cold in the basement. It is. As it usually is this time. Triple jumper. Yep. But uh, you've got a nice jacket on. I probably should have uh, done that myself <laughs> and might take note for next week. No, it sounds good. All right, Chris. All right, Andy. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We are the, the Blue, Blue Baggers. Baggers.